Welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind. I'm your host, Taylor Cook, and this is going to be our final episode of 2023. It's so hard to believe how much has changed in the past year and also that the whole year has already flown by to be completely honest but you know I was thinking what is it that I can really talk about to prep athletes coaches listeners for 2024 you know I I do my best to try to make episodes that are relevant with what's going on in this season or at the time of year. And so we've already kind of covered, you know, holiday mindset, trying to find not an off switch, but finding balance between training and uh, rest and relaxation and letting your body and your mind recover after what I assume for many people is a very long and strenuous season. And so I was reading this article the other day and You've probably heard this old adage before, but it's the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And that kind of struck a chord with me and got me thinking about, you know, my own experiences when I was in university playing hockey and trying to be like the absolute best at everything. And honestly, I didn't realize at the time that I had a lot of either perfectionist strategies or some all or nothing thinking that was going on in everything that I was doing in my life and it actually caused a lot of problems for me long term and so I thought that's actually something really great to talk about as we you know are closing out one year and starting new year fresh and you know regenerated fueled up ready to go and so yeah you know this episode we're going to be talking about how to break free from perfectionist strategies and all or nothing thinking and You know, I think, of course, it's fairly important to start off by actually understanding what perfectionism is, because so many athletes, when I say perfectionism, they think like, oh, I have to be perfect at everything. And okay, maybe for some people that is the case. However, that's not entirely what that means. And I myself was the same way. Like I didn't identify as being a perfectionist because, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't really Not that I didn't care, but I didn't really put so much like mental energy into, okay, like getting hung up on not getting like a hundred percent on something or, you know, if like a goal goes in, obviously I'm like not happy about it, but it's not going to ruin absolutely everything in my life. Right. And to my surprise, as I got more into, you know, mental coaching and working with someone, uh, I realize I do actually have a lot of those perfectionist all or nothing uh, strategies and and thinking patterns. And so when we talk about perfectionism, it actually refers to a personality trait or a mindset, which is characterized by setting excessively high standards for yourself, which is often accompanied by a tendency to strive relentlessly for perfection or flawlessness, whether that's in performance on the ice, on the court, in competition, or if it's even outside of sport too. We see that happen uh, very frequently in athletes also and in coaches. And so 
individuals with these perfectionist tendencies often tend to engage in more rigid thinking patterns and they set very unrealistic goals for themselves and they expect to execute everything that they're doing with very high accuracy and, you know, expecting perfect results. And honestly, if you have these type of like thought patterns or strategies, at the end of the day, you're just setting yourself up for failure because nothing in life is perfect. If you think about whether it's hockey or any sport, it's a game of mistakes. You're meant to make them, you're meant to learn from them. And the whole goal is to be, you know, try to be the best that you can. But if you're constantly expecting perfection every single time that you step out to practice, step into a game, or step into any new endeavor in life, you're really setting yourself up to fail in the long run. And that's not how we want to be priming ourselves before starting something new. Because if it doesn't work out the way that we expect, it's really easy to say, oh, well, I'm not good at this, so I'm not going to do it anyway, which again, kind of flows into that all or nothing thinking pattern. And so when we talk about perfectionism, it really can manifest in in so many different ways. So it can show up as being more self-oriented perfectionism. So that's setting really high standards for yourself, being really self-critical when those standards aren't met. Again, on ice, off ice, in sport, out of sport. It also can show up as being other-oriented perfection. So that's imposing high standards on other people and being extremely critical or demanding of their performance. So this is something I think that maybe coaches should be thinking about, you know, the other-oriented perfection. Of course, we want our athletes to be performing at a high level. Um, But when you put extremely high standards and high expectations on other people and like I understand, you know, the game, it's, it's, it's filled with pressure. That's what sports is. It's competition and you have to rise to the occasion. However, I feel like there's positive and negative types of pressure. And so maybe it's good to take a second to evaluate, you know, what type of standards are you putting on your athletes and are they manageable or are they overwhelming for them? And lastly, of course, it's like social perfection. So with the the presence of social media and you know having a lot of standards to meet for parents, coaches, and uh, you know other teammates, and if you are you know, in the professional level, it's making sure that you're you know performing for your fans, and and it gets vastly more complicated as you get higher up in the elite levels of your sport. And so, just before going into the new year, taking some time to reflect, like, do I have some of these tendencies or do I kind of adhere to some of these perfectionist strategies of setting unrealistic goals or setting really high standards for myself and then like absolutely doing everything in my power to meet those and kind of looking at how that process is for you. So I'll get a little bit more in depth into this as we go through this episode because While it's great for athletes, coaches, anybody to strive for excellence, it can have some very, very negative impacts and it can become problematic long-term if it's an unhealthy approach to 
trying to obtain these goals and trying to like hit these targets. And so some of these uh, strategies can lead to chronic stress and anxiety, which can, you know, kind of come from the fear of making mistakes or not meeting expectations, whether they're your own or there are other expectations that have been imposed on you. Procrastination and avoidance. This is a real big one because I didn't realize that if I wasn't doing something, if I was pushing something off, it was because it was like an all or nothing kind of mindset. So for example, when I was in university, oftentimes I was that student who would stay up till like three or four in the morning, just trying to get this, you know, poli-sci essay done, which was like 12 pages long. Should I have left it to this last minute, like 11th hour? No, absolutely not. It's not a healthy uh, thing for uh, my grades, also for my mental health and my sleep and also how that impacts my performance on the ice. Like it's uh, obviously a lot of factors that come into play here. Um, But the way I was looking at it was like, if I can't get it all done at once, then I'm just going to like not do it until I have so much pressure that I absolutely have to do everything all at once. And, and I think a lot of people kind of have this approach when it comes to academics. Maybe it's not so much when it comes to sports, um, unless it's like a lot of procrastination or avoidance when in the gym per se. But yeah, like that's all or nothing thinking right there is being in a procrastination or an avoidance kind of mindset. So yeah, perfectionism can also have negative impacts on your mental health. So this can lead to depression, anxiety disorders, and a lot of low self-esteem, all of which are something that I think many athletes have dealt with. You know, the, the conversation around mental health is becoming so much better now, and I'm really happy about that. But unfortunately, we're not talking about the underlying causes of a lot of these issues. And for me and for many athletes, it comes from our mindset and how we are approaching some of these targets, some of these goals that we have with very maladaptive type strategies that in the long run are not sustainable and they actually do more harm than good. So I'll share a little bit more about my own experience in university later on in this episode. But just to keep that in mind moving forward, like these are going to have negative impacts if you don't address them sooner rather than later. And then of course, all of this will undoubtedly impact your relationships with other people, whether that's your parents or your teammates or friends or schoolmates or coaches or whoever it is. But having like this excessive self-criticism and having like judgmental behaviors towards others or towards yourself is of course going to impact your relationships in a negative way. So just keeping some of these things in mind as you start to address your own perfectionist thinking, your own all or nothing thinking. And to continue on, let's get a little bit deeper into how this actually impacts your performance as an athlete or as a coach. Because like I said before, striving to be perfect is not helpful and striving for excellence is very different. So if you're an athlete and you're constantly striving for perfection, some of the impacts that you might experience can include fear of failure 
rigidity in training schedules. Overtraining is a very common occurrence. A lot of self-criticism and also performance blocks. So let's quickly break some of these down. So when we're talking about fear of failure, athletes who have those perfectionist tendencies are fearful of making mistakes and not meeting those high standards that they set for themselves. And so when they make a mistake, they're extremely self-critical and it creates this like negative loop where they criticize themselves, become scared of making a mistake because they're scared of making that mistake. They're much more hesitant in their movements and performance, which we all know having hesitation leads to making mistakes. So then the cycle just keeps continuing on. And so that's a very common one that athletes become very scared to do things because they don't want to make a mistake. But ironically, in the process of not wanting to make a mistake, you're going to make a mistake. And so I want to just take a second here to again, remind you, like, this is a game of mistakes. It's going to happen. And I think the sooner that you accept that, the better it is, because then you can play with much more freedom in knowing like, yeah, okay, it's going to happen. What I can do is try to learn from this mistake and improve that moving forward. So whether that's having to work on a, a weak skill or maybe it's something that's situational, but it's something that you can keep in the back of your mind moving forward into the future so you can work on correcting that in the long term. And then we get into rigidity and training. So some athletes will tend to have very strict routines or training methods which can kind of make them resistant to any sort of changes that might come in the long term, which also kind of uh, connects with overtraining. So athletes, you know, pushing themselves to extreme levels, whether that's in sport, outside of sport, both honestly leads to extreme burnout, leads to a lot of mental health issues and can also lead to injury too, which doesn't necessarily have a a positive impact on your mental health if you're already not in a great mental space to begin with. And again, you know, I've already talked about this, but self-criticism, when you have those high standards and you don't meet them, it's so easy to be very critical of yourself because, I mean, especially with social media, there's like a huge impact of seeing other people that are successful and they're reaching their goals and you see that, you know, you're not at that same level, but you want to be. And so it's easy to become very critical of everything that you do and start to get very upset about like maybe not doing things on time or maybe not doing it to like your standard of of performance. But I think it's also important here for athletes to keep in mind, you know, It's a long season. There's a lot going on for you, whether you're a student athlete or a pro athlete, doesn't really matter because sports, as much as it is our lives, there's so much more that impacts how we perform rather than just our training. So, you know, I read this, uh, this post on social media the other day, and it was like, if you only have 40% to give today, and you gave 40%, you gave your 100%. And I think that that's so impactful because you can't expect to be going 100% or to be feeling 100% every day. You can have 
really great uh, sleep schedule. You can make sure that you're doing the workouts. You can make sure you're doing the recovery, but doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be feeling amazing that day. And so you have to be ready to accept that not everything's going to be perfect. Accept that mistakes are going to happen. Accept that I might only have 50% to give today because I had a really hard day at school. I had a lot of classes and I've like spent a lot of mental energy and maybe I'm not all there. Or maybe there's some things going on with my family and that's kind of impacting how I'm feeling on an emotional level. And for those of you who maybe don't think that emotions play a huge role in how your performance goes, think again because emotions have everything to do with how you perform. And I'm hoping in the in the new year to have a an episode that's dedicated to talking about how our emotions impact performance. But something to also keep in mind is like your emotions play a huge role in how you're feeling, how you're performing, all of these things. Okay, and so for coaches, you know, I always want to make sure that I have some sort of resources or at least talk about the mental game and coaching because I have a much bigger respect for it now that I'm not playing and there are so many things that are going on for coaches and they also have very high expectations of themselves and of their players and also put on them from management too right and so I always want to make sure now that I have like a little bit of information and like tidbits here for coaches because it's it's so so important that you also take care of yourselves and not just your athletes so in coaching styles, how can perfectionist thinking impact your performance? So I'd say the biggest one is the high expectations. So if you have perfectionist tendencies, you might set some unrealistic expectations, not just for yourself, but also for your athletes too. And having the expectations of like unrealistic goals or like just, you know, uh, expecting athletes or yourself to perform perfectly with minimal errors. Again, game of mistakes. Things are going to happen. It's about being able to adapt properly to those mistakes and to be able to adjust in in real time with what's going on, whether that's uh, in practice, in games, or just in like team culture environment. Like those things are also very important too. Uh, coaches who might be more pressure centric. So as you already know, I'm very athlete centered type of coach in my own approach. And I feel like so many uh, coaches are now starting to become a lot more athlete centered, especially when we're talking about like mental health and having more support for athletes. However, some coaches are still kind of in like the older era of coaching, you know, much more old school. Um, But you might inadvertently be creating some environments where maybe your athletes feel a lot of pressure to perform perfectly. And that can lead them to having some stress and some anxiety, which of course is not going to help them play better. It's going to make them play worse, especially if they don't know how to cope with a coach who is more like pressure centric or more like old school style leadership. So uh, if if you are like the old school coach, I know there are some still out there and there's a reason that there are still those types of coaches, I think, you know, like to a certain extent, it does work for some teams. Uh, however, I just feel with having such 
new, younger, and more like emotionally attuned generation, it's so much easier to look at your own coaching style and also like be assessing how does my team best function? So, you know, what are the personality styles? Like, what are the things that they're looking for from me as a coach? Um, yeah. So also inflexibility. I think some coaches are really set in their ways, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like if you have a winning game plan, a winning structure, like I can understand why some people might get into that like inflexible kind of mindset. Um, but it's also good to like listen to new ideas and also be listening to whether it's athletes or your younger coaches, for example, like whatever ideas they have to offer, actually listen to it with an open mind and try to remove those like rose colored glasses of your own perspective and your own style of coaching from the scenario. I know that's like a really hard thing to do to like get objective when you're obviously so very subjective in that environment. Um, but being more flexible in terms of being open-minded and understanding and, and actually being open to listening to what other people are, are telling you is going to one, create a much more safe environment for your team. Uh, but it's also going to encourage others to like talk to you about some things that maybe they feel could be a little bit different or letting athletes maybe have a bit more flexibility in what it is that they're doing on the ice because maybe you feel like they need to get bag skated or something, but maybe the training load on top of the workload, whether that's from a school or like an actual working life standpoint is pretty heavy at the moment and they need to have something that's a little bit easier and will help them to like work on their own skills that they're trying to work on and not kind of burn the candle at both ends per se. All right. And so we move on to having some overemphasis on results. So coaches who have some perfectionist or all or nothing thinking, you know, they might prioritize winning or achieving specific goals or outcomes or targets. I know like when I was in university, we had kind of goals set for each team that we played against. So like what percentage of those games were we like plant, like wanting to win. And so, um, making sure that you kind of focus more on the process and not so much on what those outcomes are is also going to be much more helpful uh, for not just your athletes, but for yourself too. Because I know coaches also have, of course, high standards set for themselves. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having high standards. It's just about how you're going about uh, working towards achieving those goals that you set. And Last, but certainly not least, uh, some coaches who have these all or nothing perfectionist type thinking, uh, they can be very critical. They can have very high criticism, not just of themselves, but of their athletes too. And so when you're constantly pointing out mistakes and you're not giving your players any sort of like positive feedback, uh, it can cause a lot of strain in the relationship between athletes and coaches. And 
I mean, it also goes for yourself too. Like if you're very hard on yourself as a coach, when things aren't met, um, also understanding, like there's only so much that you're able to do as a coach, right? Like you can have a great strategy for your athletes on the ice, on the court, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, if they aren't the ones executing, you know, it doesn't entirely fall on you. You can teach them all the right things. What's the saying? Like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, right? So doing the best that you can in your own ability to do what's right for you, what's right for your team, I think is very, very good. But being aware of the type of feedback that you're providing, again, not only for your athletes, but for yourself too. So when giving feedback, instead of telling them that you did this wrong, you did this wrong, or you should be doing this, or even saying those types of things to yourself, that's not entirely helpful. Uh, A lot of the times athletes know what they have done wrong. Of course, it's different at different levels. Some athletes actually don't have the self-awareness. So you know your athletes better than, than I do, but keeping that in mind, right? A lot of like pro athletes, they know if they've done something wrong. So going down the bench to yell at them for doing it, it's not helpful because they're already probably beating themselves up on the inside anyway. But when you're working on the feedback portion, working on finding some good things first too. So usually how I always recommend you know, uh, coaches or athletes to go about self-feedback or feedback to others is, you know, starting off with some good things first. Like these few things is like, I've noticed are going really good. You're executing well, but this is something that we can work to improve on, or maybe you should have been doing this instead and kind of offer some of those options so they can kind of sit and marinate with them themselves. So yes, this is how, uh, like high expectations, pressure-centric type of coaching, inflexibility in terms of thinking, overemphasis on the results rather than the process, and giving more uh, critical-oriented feedback are some of the things that uh, coaches with that perfectionist or all-or-nothing type thinking can tend to show up as. And so... I know that I had said earlier, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about my own experience in terms of perfectionist, all or nothing thinking, and, you know, how that impacted me on a personal level, uh, not just in hockey, but in life overall. And so I'm going to take a few minutes here to do that now. So for me, when I was in university, what I really wanted to do was be the, the starting goalie. I really wanted to, you know, play the games. I wanted to be in the action. I also wanted to be the best student. I wanted to have really good grades. I also wanted to be involved in the community and make sure that I was giving back in that capacity because um, I think in female sports especially, the community aspect is so, so important in building. And I know that I always loved the fans at the games and know with the way that we had uh the adopted tommy set up like i was really like connected with with my uh, adopted family more or less and so i really wanted to make sure that i was like i said giving my all on the ice in the gym giving my all in the classroom making sure i was doing really well in my my schoolwork also making sure i was putting together some initiatives and i was you know um president of the student athlete council and putting some um, like charity drives together and stuff like this. 
And then I was also at points, you know, working a part-time job because I was needing to pay for my tuition uh, and uh, like my, my apartment and stuff. And also at the, at the time was like in a, a pretty um, not so supportive relationship. So um, yeah, all of these things like really impacted me because I was going like 110% in each one. So I was like really in the all or nothing type thinking and I was all in on everything all the time. And I remember how absolutely exhausted I felt. Uh, like part of my goal was, you know, I wanted to make Academic All Canadian. I wanted to make sure that I uh, came out of school with like a few awards and stuff. So I wasn't just like going to university playing hockey and like that was it. Like I actually had academic and athletic goals for myself while I was there. And so in the pursuit of all this, you know, I was burning the candle at both ends. And also, I think simultaneously being in a very poor relationship uh, and having a very poor relationship with myself also uh, really, really led to a lot of burnout. It led to me having to you know, go and have a meeting with the team doctor and I got prescribed some anxiety medication because uh, it, was, it was getting to a point where like one thing could happen outside of of the rink and I would just break down crying or I just like didn't want to go and do things and uh, what really drove me was like this perfectionist like I need to achieve these things because if I don't like it's going to absolutely crush me and that's exactly how it felt at the time and so the driving force was really a lot of maladaptive things and like yeah it it pushed me to to the brink and it wasn't until i had um had seen our school counselor which took much much longer for me to uh make use of than it should have so if you have a school counselor i highly recommend going to to have a conversation with them because honestly having that conversation with her and being able to kind of release a lot of the emotions that I had been feeling, but not necessarily um, like verbalizing to other people really, really helped. And it also highlighted some of the underlying root causes of why I was acting this way or why I was like going about (laughs) achieving these goals in this manner, more or less. And so that led me to do a lot of like personal work in and around like what the root causes of those uh, strategies were and really trying to like, again, dig down into the bedrock of why that's happening, work through those things, and then basically rebuild my own uh, like strategies for achieving those things. So it could be much more sustainable long-term rather than like feeling so like tired and burnt out and anxious and uh, at times like depressed, not wanting to leave the house or like not wanting to get out of bed, but being driven by the fact that like if I didn't achieve these things, then it was like my whole identity was going to just be gone. I wasn't like going to know what to do or who to be or who I was even. And so, yeah, 
Um, you might not think that you have perfectionist strategies because you don't feel like you have to be perfect in everything. And you know that you don't like logically, realistically, like it makes sense, right? Um, but sometimes that's exactly what it is. And figuring out the root of the problem is what's ultimately going to help you change long-term. And what I mean by this is, you know, I was prescribed anxiety medication and I took the anxiety meds. I was on like the highest dose possible and okay, like for sure it helped to, to some extent, but it didn't change entirely like how I was approaching things. So it was basically just numbing the symptoms of everything that I was doing from a strategic standpoint. So uh, taking some time to look at what are the underlying causes, where is it stemming from, and trying to, I don't know if I want to say like make amends with that root cause or just to like identify it and work through it and try to like restructure your thought processes around it is the best way to go because I feel like especially in Western society in North America it's very common that people just take a pill they slap a band-aid on a wound and expect that it's going to get better and oftentimes that's not exactly how it goes so once I took the time to really address the underlying issue and understand it and try to like make peace with it that's what really allowed me to like make the long-term changes that I needed and wanted to make and also become much more like internally at peace with okay if I don't achieve something like this like it's not going to shatter my identity as an athlete or as a person so yeah like I really can't stress enough how important it is to do the work yourself and figure out like what exactly is it that I need to change in myself? What's the underlying cause? How can I work through this? And I'm not saying that medication won't help. I'm not saying that you shouldn't try to take any sort of medication. I'm also not saying that you should. Um, if it's your doctor doctor's recommendation, then that's what their recommendation is. But honestly, going to like counseling or therapy to work through some of those blocks, you'd be surprised just how freeing it can be in the long run. And sometimes it's not even like a pill that's gonna fix it, but doing the work internally is gonna help a lot. But before we dive into the next part of the podcast, talking about strategies for you to leave perfectionism in 2023, I'd like to give you a quick message from our sponsors. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can bet there's going to be lots of hockey over the holiday season for you to catch, so be sure to download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Please play responsibly. All right, so like I said before, it's really important to understand where your perfectionism or your all or nothing thinking stems from 
because that's going to be truly key in being able to uh, create a new strategy moving forward to break down you know those strategies and be able to recreate new ones and uh, really just figuring out what's best for you because all of this mental work is individual so there is no like one size fits all of course there's strategies that everybody can use and like it can be um, beneficial for one person but maybe not actually feel as impactful for another person and so this is why it's really important to do the inner internal work uh, for yourself because at the end of the day no one else is going to do that work for you but you so um, some strategies to help you leave that perfectionism in the past is to first embrace imperfection. Okay, I cannot underscore, bold, underline this enough because mistakes, setbacks, they're not just a part of the game, they're part of life. It is also part of the learning process. So when it comes to like any sort of skill, you think back to when you were a kid, like learning math or practicing English, for example, right? Like you weren't a pro at this coming straight out the womb. Like that's not how that works. You do, you learn over time. So understanding again, like making mistakes is part of the learning process. Setbacks are also part of the learning process. Not everything is going to go your way all the time. Not everything is going to be perfect. And the second that you accept that is the second that you step into more of a growth mindset where you can really start to almost be a sponge and soak up so much more growth and learning and actually start to see more improvements in your performance, whether that's in sports or in academics or in work life or in your relationships with other people. Like these are applicable in so many different facets of life. And so part of this process is practicing self-compassion and i know as an athlete it's really hard to do that sometimes because of course like we do have high standards because that's the type of environment that we're raised in especially if you've been an athlete from a young age right however being kind with yourself during moments where you experience a setback or during those moments when you do make a mistake whether it's in practice or in a game but having some compassion and being, you know, talking to yourself in a more compassionate way. Like, okay, yeah, you just made a mistake, but those things happen. It's okay. And it's not going to ruin the rest of your day or the rest of your life. So let's, you know, try to see, okay, what went wrong? What was it that I can be working on improving or doing better next time? And then just let it kind of roll off your shoulder and move forward. Because honestly, making a mistake in practice or a game, you might feel at the moment, like in in the moment, that it's much more overwhelming and you feel obviously much more emotional at that time, which is natural. But in the long run, it's something that you can learn from. So working on embracing the imperfection and also exercising that self-compassion muscle in the process of embracing that imperfection is really going to be key here. Uh, Two would be to reframe your thoughts and your perceptions, which I think is actually a little bit more challenging because this is truly long-term. You can't just switch your thinking overnight. Uh, It does take 
practice. It takes self-awareness. It takes knowing, uh, you know, how it is that you talk to yourself, whether it's in a positive or a negative light and also understanding your thought patterns and all of these things. So it really does take a high level of self-awareness to work on reframing those thoughts and perceptions. However, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to challenge that all or nothing thinking. So acknowledging that there's gray areas between success and failure. Like it's not just black and white. There's a lot of gray there and making sure that you're kind of keeping track of those small wins that maybe don't feel like, you know, winning a championship or something like that. But those small wins over time, they compound in something much, much bigger. And usually it's a huge growing curve and learning curve and improvement in your skill in the long term. So trying to replace some of those more critical thoughts with having some more balance and realistic, you know, self-talk. So again, coming back to that self-awareness piece, being able to actually take some time to first identify what those thought patterns are. Are they positive? Are they negative? And work on finding the balance there. And lastly, but of course, certainly not least, is setting boundaries and prioritizing some self-care. So as athletes, you're busy. As coaches, you're busy. You have a lot going on. You have a lot of competing priorities, okay? But it's really important to set some boundaries so you can prevent overtraining or overworking and making sure that you recognize that rest is really a weapon. It's going to help you recover. It's going to help you go the distance rather than driving yourself, overworking yourself and burning yourself into the ground, right? You need to make some time to balance those things out. And so of course we're getting into the holiday season. Now is a perfect time to actually try to take some time intentionally to relax and to let your body come down from all of the work that it's been doing over the past few months. So self-care is of course very critical in terms of maintaining your physical and mental well-being. And of course, also your emotional well-being too, because that is important. And so part of this is taking time to engage in things outside of sports that bring you joy and help you to relax and really fosters more balance in your day-to-day life. So for me, uh, I remember when I was uh, playing in the last few years, Finding balance was, you know, making sure that I was going on walks. And I know, like, everyone always kind of laughs about, like, go for a walk for your mental health. And, you know, I I laugh at that, too, because, of course, like, there's days where I really don't want to go out for a walk because it's, like, raining or snowing or something. But in the long run, uh, having those walks where I can just, you know, clear my mind and enjoy I don't know, nature, the surrounding and just being and, and taking things in and not necessarily, you know, being at the computer thinking or, uh, being in the gym training or on the ice and, you know, doing practices or games. And with all the travel that we were doing at the time, like it was a lot to be handling and, you know, it was overwhelming at times. And so really prioritizing some time for myself and recognizing when I did need to take a step back from maybe it was being engaged in like social activities or something like this. Like, I mean, when you live with a team, of course, like people want to do things all the time, but it's okay to say no. It's okay to say like, 
thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, maybe next weekend I, I'll do that. But honestly, right now, like, I know that I'm pushing my limits and I just need to respect myself and take some time and, and get some rest or whatever it is that you want to do, right? So, yeah, setting boundaries and prioritizing some self-care for yourself. Like I said, especially now, it's holiday season. You have the perfect moment to do this. So make sure that you're taking the time to do it. And as much as it's easy to give some different strategies to, you know, uh, leave that perfectionism in the past, I think giving strategies is only part of the process. You actually have to know how to implement them. And so for coaches, here are some strategies that you can use. And it's also for athletes too. like take it how, however you can, like try to soak up as much information, but for coaches, you know, working on setting realistic expectations for your athletes. So encouraging them to have challenging but achievable goals and making sure like they're not going to burn themselves out in a couple months because they're going so hard in so many areas. And also the same goes for athletes, like being able to set realistic expectations for yourselves as well. Uh, Promoting the growth mindset. So making sure that you're really emphasizing importance of learning and improving and having like the resilience or building that resilience against the like unattainable standards of imperfection. So basically it's just making sure you're checking in with your athletes or athletes, you're checking in with yourself and making sure that you are trying to find the learning, the lessons, sorry, you're trying to find the lessons in the mistakes and the setbacks. So you can, again, kind of step into that growth mindset and think more about the process rather than the outcome. So coaches like praising the effort, praising the dedication or, you know, the, the hard work that your athletes are doing will actually go a long way in the long term. So definitely trying to implement some of those, um, those strategies here. Uh, We've already talked a little bit about constructive feedback, but just to recap, you know, making sure that the feedback is constructive, not just full of criticism the entire time. So throwing in some positive things that are going well and offering up some areas that you believe could be improved over the next months, years, whatever the case is. And I think the team culture is definitely very important for coaches to think about. So making sure that this is an environment where your athletes feel safe enough to make mistakes, where they're not going to feel like if I make a mistake, like my coach is going to be pissed and, you know, then I'm not going to be like getting ice time or, or whatever the case is. And just making sure like they feel like, okay, okay. Yeah. Like I made a mistake. It happens and coach isn't going to bench me for it. Or he's not going to like he or she rather is not going to be, you know, absolutely peeved with me because I didn't do it right the first time, you know, like, especially in, in practices, like this is the time to make mistakes where you can learn from them in a less, uh, risky capacity, I guess. So like if you make a mistake in practice, like getting a goal against isn't going to be the end of the world because it's practice, you know, a little bit different game sometimes, but anyway, just making sure that you have like the open dialogue. So athletes feel comfortable to discuss some of the things that they're struggling with some of uh, letting go of some of those like mistakes or fear of making mistakes rather and fear of judgment from coach 
And those are, of course, very important. And then, yeah, as I said, very athlete-centered type of coach for myself. So trying to individualize your approach to how you work with every athlete. So not giving like preferential treatment to one or over the other, but to understand how each athlete like kind of functions as a human being, not necessarily as an athlete. And so being able to give them feedback in a way that they're going to be able to accept it and not like feel like they're overly criticized or feel like they can't really be open or connect with you. So really trying to tailor your approach to meet the athlete's needs and the athlete's personality, because that's ultimately how you're going to be able to get the most out of your athletes is by connecting with them on an individual personal level and not treating like every single athlete like the same. So those are some different ways that you can implement these strategies or these changes to kind of break free from that perfectionist thinking, the all or nothing mindset. And hopefully in 2024, because this is a process, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen before the new year, especially if you haven't done any of this work before. It's honestly always a process because it's so easy to fall back into old patterns. But these are some strategies that you can use to implement for yourself as an athlete or as a coach for yourself or for your athletes that will help them to step more into the growth mindset and really leave those, you know, unrealistic expectations, unrealistic and unachievable goals in the past and help them to make more sustainable and long-term decisions that will improve their performance as an athlete and also as a person overall in 2024. This episode went on much, much longer than I had anticipated, but honestly, I really hope that this is of value to each and every one of the listeners, whether you're an athlete, coach, parent, I hope that there's something here that you can take away, whether it's for yourself or someone else. This is truly a crucial aspect of achieving peak performance. So if you want to learn more about performance coaching and how it can help you improve your game, whether you're an athlete or a coach, go ahead into the show notes. You can book a discovery call with me and make 2024 your best year yet. So thank you again, as always, for taking the time to listen. Happy holidays, happy new year, and I will see you in 2024.